0: Friends, to a brand new season of The Shepherd's Voice in this September 2020, uh, quite a year. And uh, here joining us uh, again uh, in his uh, familiar seat is the Bishop of Trenton, David M.
1: O'Connell. Welcome, Bishop. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. Hello, Cheryl. Mm -hmm. Great to have you. Everybody listening, good to to be back in... uh, in my old stomping grounds. <laughs> Man, it's
0: been something. I, I said I invited my quarantine partner to join us today. So. There you right. go.
2: We don't spend enough time no, together. that's
1: right. <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> right. that's oh, right. We're well, still together,
2: Bishop, uh, after all this time being well, shut in. <laughs>
1: 2020 is a year we'll never forget. Oh, I'm, for that sure. that, that right is not amazing. over yet. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. I know. So you never know. So how have you been? been good. Yeah. You
1: know, I, I've learned what it means to be a monk mm. because I have been... Uh, Pretty much ke- keeping to myself during these months, although we had a couple opportunities during the summer to have a call in and mm-hmm. chat over the radio, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. It was good to touch base with everybody. Do you know, it, it's amazing to me how quickly this time has gone. You know, I was I was four and a half months away from home in in kind of quasi quarantine. Mm-hmm. I did celebrate, you know, like Holy Week and Easter, but it was just a question of going into the church, celebrating the Mass, and leaving immediately, not having the chances you would ordinarily to...
2: Greet the people.
1: To greet the people, which Mm. is the joy of your life as a priest and certainly as a bishop to to greet your flock. But certainly they have been very much in my mind and, and heart. You know, I kept a journal, which is something I don't do, well, what else did I have to do, right? <laughs> I kept a journal of uh, all of the things that we were able to do in the diocese, all of the decrees, all of the mailings and emails and video messages and all of the things that the diocese was able to do. And I look back on it and I say, I'm, I'm really very grateful that we were able to keep in touch with the people of the diocese and you know we stayed together although we had to stay away as they mm-hmm. say on the television and uh it was a it was a a really interesting and difficult and yet a very uh a very good time because it showed the church of trenton the diocese of trenton what we were able to do in a crisis and mm-hmm. how we were able to respond and and certainly, that was beautiful. The the parishes with their live stream masses—they mm-hmm. made sure they kept in touch with the people. And although, as you know, I'm not sure, Cheryl, if you're doing this over in your parish, but they can't distribute paper uh, bulletins, and we had to collect all of the hymnals. The hymnals, and so right, on. right. Many of our parishes have have uh, technology, have those large screens, so mm-hmm. that you can post the uh, the hymns and messages on those screens. But it was really a tough time. I mean, it was, it was life in the church, life in society, uh, that none of us really were accustomed to. Right. And so we had to adapt and adapt as best we could. And I think in the Diocese of Trenton, we were able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would hear, not too much, but I would hear from some of the faithful, uh, letters and emails, and most of them very... Grateful, mm-hmm. just grateful that mm-hmm. their parishes were able to function as best they could. Right. That we were able to restore the celebration of the sacraments gradually. You know, the, the bottom line in all of this is the safety of the clergy and the religious and the faithful mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the diocese, mm-hmm. doing things that none of us wanted but that we really had to do. Right. Guided as we were by mm-hmm. right. uh, the advice of uh, experts and scientists and medical professionals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what a wonderful example of service, the frontline responders and first responders and all the medical professionals who gave up so much mm. to care for the sick and uh, And risked, them. you know, risked, risked their, their own, own lives. Mm. Their own lives, too. So as we look back on these months, and it's not over yet, right. unfortunately. Right. As we look back over, over these months, I think we're going to see... Uh, in the worst of times, the best of people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's a beautiful, a beautiful thought. Right.
0: And you're right about the, the the passage of time has been such a uh, interesting concept because we were just saying that, that I can't believe it's already September. I know we usually say that anyway, but it seems this is a year that, like our son said, when he, Joseph said we're gonna all of a sudden just we'll,
2: we'll pop. come out on the <laughs> other side, and it'll be like we just popped out, uh, you know, like you just <laughs> tore. 100, 200 pages off the calendar. Yeah, like I think a, that's a, a true. Right. Yeah. September
1: 4th. I mean, you can't imagine no. how quickly this summer went. You know, I, I did a confirmation mm-hmm. in Middletown at St. Catherine Library Parish, two confirmations, on mm-hmm. March the 12th, I believe. Mm-hmm. And That's w- when everything
0: started shutting down, right? That
1: was when it all started to unravel and yeah. shut down. Uh, that was my last confirmation, Uh, I don't resume my new confirmation season until October, Mm -hmm. but I asked the pastors of the parish, I delegated them, which I can do, Mm -hmm. to distribute and administer the Sacrament of Confirmation and all of the rite of Christian initiation for adults that would have been done on Easter or Vigil uh, to make sure that that is done in their parishes so that the people receive the sacraments. I know many parishes, pastors are having their First communions for right. their children, and right. and they're doing a marvelous job in uh, in keeping the social distancing, and uh, having the kids wear masks to make sure that everybody is safe, and the washing of hands and the sanitation of uh, of their churches. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so I must say, I, I I think our parishes throughout the diocese, our pastors, our priests, and our staff in the parishes have really responded mm-hmm. uh, very well with the safety of. Uh, people in mind and primarily with their spiritual welfare right
2: right I read somewhere recently um, I think I was on an EWTN chat room page or whatever all this technology is but somebody said the people that really got through this and didn't suffer from a great amount of anxiety and, and fear and depression and worry were those that really kept their faith yeah. and delved into their faith. Okay, I'm home. W- what am I going to do? They started reading the Bible. They started watching more EWTN. Others Listening cre- to more Catholic radio. Radio, that's right. That should be at the top of the list. Um, some ladies put together a Zoom Group And they were praying the rosary every day and still connecting with others. Those are the ones that really came through and say, you know what? I could survive this.
1: And reintroducing the family to one another. Mm. That was a big aspect of this, our Catholic families. Right. right. You know, people working, kids going to school, people. All of a sudden, everybody was together in the same place. As you said, your quarantine partners, you know. (laughs) And uh, they didn't have alternatives, you know. They didn't have... Uh, sports and movies and movies malls and other activities that right. kind of distract at times uh, from family life. So mm-hmm. it was an opportunity, and and this is where I really uh, felt so, really so encouraged when I heard from people about their the state of their family life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and even even though I was. Uh, uh, away from my home uh, in in uh, the residence in in the shore, um, I as as the pandemic wore on, I would see fathers out with their kids on bicycles. You know those right? Dads <laughs> haven't been on a bicycle in a long time. <laughs> They're right. a little shaky, you know. Right? At, uh, <laughs> and, and and kids playing in the yards. Mm-hmm. And, yes. uh, you know. Yeah. Much less traffic on the road. That's for yeah. sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you have, we have to look at the whole package, not mm-hmm. just parts mm-hmm. of the package, but the whole the whole package. And uh, are you
0: concerned about people coming back to the church? That once things open up, is there anything that we're thinking about planning to do to well, make sure people do, they well, need to come back? You know,
1: you know Jim, I, I would like to say I'm not concerned about it, but of course that wouldn't be true. I'm mm. always concerned. You know, to start with, before the pandemic, here in our diocese, for example, the attendance at Mass, on weekends, was at 17% of registered Catholics. Mm. That's awful. Yeah. That's an awful number. So I'm sure that we might see a little uh, diminution of even that low percentage. Uh, I'm hoping not. Our pastors and priests are hoping not. Uh, and they've, they're putting their heads together in their parishes with their lay staff and others— uh, what is the best way to draw uh, people? You know, at one time we had, we had the churches closed, then we had them open for prayer and private worship, and then we were able to open them for, uh, for limited occupancy mass, restricted mass, in each of the parishes. You know, there's not one size fits all. Right. Each of the parishes operated and within the guidelines that the diocese produced on May 29th and posted on our website and distributed to all of the priests. Uh, they followed them pretty carefully, and I must say creatively. Mm. There were some really creative things that were done throughout the diocese, and the priests would tell me, you know, and I would check in with them every week after after Mass to say, how was your Mass attendance? Uh, do you sense any kind of uh, uh, fear or trepidation from people? Are people cooperating with the social distancing and the the masking and all of the things that we ask and the, in general very positive i would mm-hmm. say for the most part very very positive yeah. okay. you know there was a, here and there someone who would fight about wearing the mask but you know we didn't have the choice yeah. not only in the civil law but in our church law i made it the law in the church that mm-hmm. people had to wear masks and yeah. and so on so is um, that within
0: and among all the five bishops in, in the diocese in the state is that you
1: know we didn't do anything as a as as a group of bishops mm-hmm. in New Jersey State, each bishop uh, made the regulations and uh, uh, for his own diocese. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to uh, um, share what we were doing with the other bishops via, yeah. via email, yeah. but you know we really didn't have any meetings, uh, obviously because of the pandemic restrictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we did a couple Zoom meetings, but they were on other business items, so mm-hmm. um, there was no uniform. Well, too, I think because
0: decision. I'm sure the Patterson and Newark dioceses were a lot more severe than perhaps the Camden and Cape May area. You know, I mean, there's the, the virus yeah, wasn't it, really.
1: Uh, you know, Cam- the diocese of Camden. Of course, they had their own struggles, and their their numbers kind of spiked here in mm-hmm, the diocese yeah. of Trenton. Depended on the county, right? Mm. You know, some counties were more more struck by the uh, virus than others mm-hmm. but as you say you know newark is in in some respects is a world unto itself you Right, know right. more um, congested and more new yorkers yeah, coming into the city yeah here here of course you drive around Diocese of trenton even though trenton is the capital of the state and uh, and the capital of uh, uh, of our world right, in a sense right. here you can see why it's called the garden state mhm I love driving around in New Jersey and looking at all the fields and the farms mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the spacious areas that right. we have. We're very lucky uh, to be able to, you know, as we say in this part of the world, get down the shore mm-hmm. and see mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. Coast land, uh, coastline and right. all that. So right. it's, uh, it's beautiful. But yeah.
0: you mentioned, you both mentioned, because I know parish is in the Metuchen Diocese, but um, that the number being allowed to attend Mass is going to increase?
1: Yeah, you know, this This is where I had some—I wouldn't say disagreement, just a difference from what the st- state regulations were. And I was in contact with the state officials pretty regularly during the early parts of the pandemic about this uh, uh, occupancy limit, you know, knowing that we were moving in the direction of, of resuming some modicum of normalcy in our mm-hmm. parishes— and so I set the number at one third of occupancy for the weekend, Saturday, Sunday masses, and then uh, a limit of 50, I believe, for the weekday masses. And now, most recently, the governor has indicated that, in addition to restaurants and gyms and theaters and other things, that uh, he's he's bumped up the occupancy uh, to what his what his level initially was uh to now to 150 mm. or 25% whatever is less you know mm-hmm. i think most will aim toward the 150 uh, as we did we we tried but I, what i hear from the pastors is that they the, their parishes and this is to your question jim their parishes were not Filling more up there to, anywhere, even, right? even yeah. to the minimum yeah, occupancy yeah. Mm. during the course of the summer. Although pastors are telling me in the last couple of weeks, they've seen gradual increases in the number of people. So I think people are probably feeling more comfortable. But, right. you know, we all have to just recognize and acknowledge that the pandemic is still ongoing. That right. the coronavirus is still a, a, a fierce reality in our life that we have to be careful that we have to wear masks, even though we don't, don't like it, we don't want it, and people act as though the pastors and the bishop wants this. You know, it's not something we want. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. You don't want to uh, do oh, it either. Okay, <laughs> we don't
1: want to do it either, but it's yeah. for the good of the faithful, for the common good of the faithful, right. and the social distancing as best we can. Uh, some parishes I've heard uh, have not been great on the social distancing part. I mean, good on the mask, but not on the great in the social distancing, and we really have to be a little more conscious of that, for sure. Uh, the parishes have been very good at sanitization mm-hmm. of the church in between masses or during the uh, during the weekday mm-hmm. after mass and before mass and after mass. And I think the the uh, the celebrants and the um, deacons and whoever is on the altar is very conscious of making sure their hands are cleaned and. Right, uh, mm-hmm. using sanitizer on the hands, right. both before and after the distribution of holy communion.
0: Mm-hmm. Anything looking beyond the moment, I know now the um, uh, obligation to attend mass has been extended to until further notice. Yeah, until
1: further notice, you know. And we'll again to your question. You know, that's that's a factor. I'm sure some people are are. Rightfully taking advantage of the dispensation from the Sunday obligation.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Uh, it's not a dispensation from prayer. It's not a dispensation from the commandment right. to keep holy the Lord's day, but from the sum- Sunday obligation. Right. Um, I extended, I originally planned to end the dispensation uh, Tuesday after Labor Day. Mm. Um, but on best advice from health experts, I thought, well, for now, let's just extend it indefinitely. And at some point, I hope to restore the obligation as we mm-hmm. we have it. But again, it doesn't mean you shouldn't pray. There's still an obligation to observe the Lord's day. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> right. absolutely. And where, where there's live stream masses, right. and m- most of our parishes have continued the live stream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can find live stream pretty much anywhere. anywhere now, yeah. And yeah. even on the regular television networks. Sure, sure you you see, EWTN. Yeah, you see mm-hmm. a Sunday Mass offered and, and celebrated. And... We watch those, and you know, I I read a question. You know, the, these um, Monsignor Pope. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with? Yes, him? He's, he's on a, in the morning on mm-hmm. our uh, one oh, of our morning programs. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he uh, has a question and answer mm-hmm. blog, I guess mm-hmm. you'd call it. And someone asked the question: What should be our our gestures and our posture during? During Masses, should we kneel? Should we do? Oh, mm-hmm. like
2: during a televised Mass? During a televised That's Mass. That's a very good question.
1: You know, and it's, I'm sure it's, people wonder, uh, you should be reverent. Right. You know, it's the Word of God being preached, even if it's videotaped. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not live streamed. You know, and many of these Masses that we see on the, on the regular television are videotaped. I yeah. know I can remember when I was a, uh, a president at Catholic University taping some— Masses and taping the Christmas Mass mm-hmm. in the summer, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so you know the, these videotape masses are still mass, mm-hmm. and it's still the 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 uh, transformation of the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. Even right. though taped, it's there, and you're mm-hmm. witnessing it. You're hearing the readings of the day, right, uh, and the sermons. Hopefully not too long a sermon, but a good sermon mm-hmm. and good encouragement. So you should be reverent and attentive. You shouldn't be sitting there in the morning with your cup of coffee and your donut. Feet up. <laughs> uh, or in the evening with your, you know, marti- what with your martini me? and cigar right. and your uh, whatever.
0: I, I would be watching one of the masses and we would, we would kind of chuckle because you'd see all these comments and happy faces popping up and thumbs ah. up. And I'd be, wait a minute, wait a minute, uh, stop that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Get off the,
1: get off the technology <laughs> right. and just watch it, you know. Right, right. right. Well, you so, know what was very, very beautiful, I must say, and something I was very grateful for? Families. Would email me pictures of their families oh. watching mm-hmm. the live stream masses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful! I had a lot of, of photographs. And, you know, dear bishop, here's we're watching our parish, or here, dear bishop, here's a picture of us watching you on yeah, television. Yeah. You know, so, oh. yeah, it was really nice. I think people. Are, you know, as I said, in the worst of times, sometimes you see the best of people, mm-hmm. in the room, right. And I sense that, too. Yeah. And
2: goodness will come out of it, and I, I hope, my prayer is that when it when it's all over and, you know, it's not going to be like flipping a switch. Okay, tomorrow we're just all going to go back to normal. Yeah. We know that it's not going to be that. It's going to be very gradual, but that people retain that which they developed whether it was family time or sharing in the cooking of their meals or we're all going to buy bikes and go for a bike ride, can we retain some of those v- valuable things sure. when we go back to normal? Our, uh, let's be a little picky and, and choosy about what we go back to.
1: Well, lest anyone wonder, I didn't buy a bicycle. You didn't buy <laughs> I was going to ask you that. <laughs> I got my bike out of the garage. It's, ha- it's hard for me even to, yeah. to walk sometimes yeah, right. at any great lengths, right. but... Uh, Mm. But cooking I did, you Mm. know, I did a lot of cooking. Well, I like to cook anyway, so I was able to do that. But you know what? I lost 10 pounds.
0: Hey. See, that's good. A lot of
1: people were saying, "Oh, I gained weight. I gained." Weight. Actually, right. I, when I had my physical uh, last week, the doctor said, "You know, I lost ten pounds." There you go. So, so you, that is. So you're cooking lean. So I'm cooking <laughs> something, something that's not putting on the weight. That's right. <laughs> well, that's that too f- to
2: take the time and cook a healthy meal rather yeah. than we're on our way to soccer. We'll drive through one of these fast food places. I think people were taking the time to to do those good things. Cool. Are, things. are
1: they allowed to have sports? Do, have they made a decision there about? Uh, Uh, organized sports in New Jersey I thought they were playing I thought they
0: were I mean there's certain obviously a lot of conditions guidelines but I I thought they were
1: yeah everything's going to be restricted and conditioned. I'm sure of it but you know Jim you asked the question earlier and I want to get back to it in a more serious vein the idea of people uh, not coming back to Mm -hmm. church Uh, and as I said you know we we were well on the way to many not coming back to church anyway long before the pandemic right but I'm hoping that people see in this uh, this worldwide uh, crisis, you know, that uh, they need to depend on God, mm. and that as you said, Cheryl, you know, faith is the one thing that kind of helps us to make sense of difficulties in our lives. So it's my hope that as we gradually restore. Uh, full full occupancy, move toward our full occupancy of our churches for Mass, and so on, and in other sacramental celebrations that, uh, that people think uh, and realize that uh, we're not in this alone, and we're not in charge of our own destinies, mm. that God is there, God is ever-present, ever-caring, ever-loving, and He wants to embrace us in times of difficulty. And so, to come back, to receive the sacraments, to receive our Lord's body and blood again, which is, uh, was such a sacrifice for all of us during those mm-hmm. months, now that we have that opportunity to take, certainly take advantage of the great gift of the Eucharist mm-hmm. which the Lord has given. And, you know, very recently I sent an appeal out to the faithful, the clergy, religious faithful of the diocese to pray the rosary daily, You may know, those of you who look at Catholic publications, uh, some of which I wouldn't encourage, but (laughs) some of the Catholic publications and blogs and websites and so forth, uh, talking about uh, rosary, the restoration of the rosary throughout our country. And so I've asked the faithful really to consider praying the rosary, uh, or at least a decade of the rosary, to place our country, Mm -hmm. uh, our nation— our state, our diocese, in the hands of our Blessed Mother and ask her to help us make sense out of this very strange, difficult, mm. and at times ugly experience we have right now mm-hmm. at this particular point yeah. in our history, to to ask our Blessed Mother to lead us to the heart of our beloved Divine Son and to pray for restoration and healing and guidance and strength mm-hmm. at this difficult time. So I hope, I hope people will do that. Right. Today is uh, of course our Holy Father has asked us to be mindful of the people of Lebanon and on September 4th he's asked us to to be prayerfully conscious of the people of Lebanon as you know during the summer they experienced uh, uh, I guess it was about a month ago a big explosion in right. the be- storage fertilizer storage facility mm-hmm. right. in Beirut right and that only rem- ripped open a lot of the uh, wounds that were already experienced in the country, political wounds and so forth. And so in solidarity with the P- Church of Lebanon, with the people of Lebanon, our Holy Father asked us today to be prayerful. Uh, he, he's called the world to uh, a day of prayer, but certainly I hope in our diocese where there are many uh, uh, people who are of Lebanese mm-hmm. background that we pray for the people of Lebanon. Right. And And while we're at it, you know, let me plug the rosary again. Right. Offer the rosary for the people of Lebanon today if you, mm. if you can. Also, um, the Conference of Bishops, um, through its ad hoc committee on racism, has asked us to observe a day of prayer uh, next week, next Wednesday, uh, on the Feast of St. Peter Claver, mm-hmm. uh, for the elimination of racism in our society and for healing. For all peoples of every race, color, yeah. uh, creed, religion, national background, whatever mm-hmm. category you want to mm-hmm. uh, to pray for healing, because this summer, in addition to the pandemic, or sadly coincidentally with the pandemic, we had all of those mm. terrible it's riots, riots yeah. and so on and so forth. You mm-hmm. know, and as I said in in a, a letter that I wrote to the faithful on June 1st in the Monitor, you know those are not peaceful protests. No. Okay, the rioting, not when the bricks rooting, are going through windows, breaking <laughs> through windows, stealing things out of oh, right. stores, the mm. just just widespread destruction. Mm-hmm. That's not peaceful protesting. It
2: accomplishes nothing.
1: And it accomplish right. it adds to the injustice right. of, mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of what people are experiencing. Right. You know, if racism is at the fundamental root of some of this behavior and and we believe it is, um, you know, really we fall to our knees and pray to God. Mm. Uh, and again, I offer you the 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 invitation to pray the Rosary, prayed especially on September 9th for or for an end to racism, systemic or particular, whatever, however you want to describe this. But it's there; mm-hmm. we know it's there, mm-hmm. and to pray for the end of that.
0: Yeah. 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 How about um, the schools, Bishop? Within the diocese, um, as far as opening. Sorry, kids, you got to go back <laughs> to school. <laughs> I know my grand goes back tomorrow. She's going to be freshman at Notre Dame, and I know. Yeah. They're all going to go tomorrow. Yeah, Notre kind Dame. Of staggering.
1: I know Notre Dame has been uh, staggering the mm-hmm. you know class at a time. You know, mm-hmm. junior class, senior class, freshman class, right, and so on. Because right. I know Father Father Jason, who serves as chaplain there and vocation director. He's he's been telling me that he's been saying masses, and I think he's. He's doing a mass, a video mass for the parents. Mm-hmm. Mm,
2: good.
1: Because I think tomorrow night is the parents' uh, day or parents' night, whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Yeah, at the like
2: school. a back-to-school night,
1: right. Some of our schools, I know St. Gregory the Great in Hamilton, the academy there, opened earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And I heard from the great principal there, Dr. Jason and Briggs, that the, the things went well.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Good. You know, we our, our superintendent... Joanne Tier worked with the principals and administrators throughout the summer because we knew this time would come, right, uh, to prepare a, a set of guidelines and requirements for school safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I read it, and it certainly seemed like a pretty comprehensive uh, document. Again, it's not a one-size-fits-all fits all, but it certainly gives general. Uh, we call them general operating principles mm-hmm. for safety, and that's the point here: for the safety of our kids, for the safety of our teachers, for the safety of our staff and administrators. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've made adaptations and requirements. I just wrote to the uh, to all the principals on uh, on Wednesday a letter wishing them well and letting them know that uh, they have my blessing as they go forward. Uh, a uh, number of the schools are gradually opening this week, some next week, and so we hope that they'll be able to do all the things that everybody asks, you know, the mm-hmm. social distancing in school. And, you know, it has been a li- it's a little bit easier in the Catholic schools because uh, they're not as full as the public schools, mm-hmm. right, right. and so you have more space to work with, which is a very good thing. Right. And I've noticed, again, I've seen some pictures of the schools that have opened this week, you know, they have the plexiglass dividers. The kids have their masks on. The teachers have their masks on. Uh, the schedule is staggered so that, uh, you know, the contact is, is minimized to the extent that we can. You know, it's not completely possible, as you know. Uh, and parents have to reflect on that and think, well, is that what I want for my child or do I want to go another route, go mm-hmm. the remote learning route? So, you know, we, mm-hmm. we certainly will try to provide well in whatever choice the parents would make mm-hmm. but what i've heard from the from the folks uh, especially from the pastors is that a number of our catholic schools have had waiting lists really mm-hmm. and that's
0: well, that's uh, good news we yes, haven't heard that for a while right. <laughs> and, uh,
1: because parents uh, many parents believe that it's important for the kids mm-hmm. to have those social interactions yeah. and and uh, and so god bless them i hope that that uh, uh, works, You know, I hope we don't see repeated in our diocese in our Catholic schools what we saw in other schools around the country where they open one day and they have to close the next day because mm-hmm. someone has COVID. They take the precautions, right. the temperature checks, either in the school or at home before they come to school, mm-hmm. the, the sanitization, the use of the restroom facilities. It's all worked out when the kids will eat, when the kids will have recess. I mean, they, they try to think of every. Uh, our principals administrators working with the Diocesan Superintendent, and now with the new superintendent, Dr. Vincent Schmidt, mm-hmm. to make sure that uh, things are done. Uh, Dan O'Connell and Judy Nicastro, who were also s- work in the Office of Catholic Education, have been really working very, very hard this summer to keep in touch with people and keep them alert. Uh, so you know I-, I think we're doing our best. Mm-hmm. Uh, And as you know, perfection is only in heaven. Right. So in the meantime, (laughs) we'll try to, to... To aim as, as as best we can for the safety and well-being of everybody involved in Catholic Kitchen, but precious, especially for our precious students. Sure. Or, or,
2: I think the students will embrace being back. I mean, we always used to, oh, we want. I'm looking t- forward to go back now. Yeah, no, I <laughs> no. think there, I heard a couple stories where you know the the little boy, I don't like school, I don't like school. But then they're doing all this virtual at the kitchen table, learning at home, and, and he goes, I wish we could go back to school. Well, the yeah. mother almost fell over. Yeah. I never <laughs> thought I'd hear you say that, but there is yeah. something. I want to go special. back to school. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Me too. But it sounds like they're they've covered every single base. Again, as you say, for the complete safety of the of the children and the teachers. Yeah, that's that's critically important. Mm -hmm. And with Catholic schools, you can pray. You can pray away the fear and the worry, and and
1: talk about your faith and Mm -hmm. what it means. You know, in a way, for our Catholic schools right now, this is a incredibly fortuitous opportunity to talk the kids through the pandemic and what it means. And how we as Catholics respond Mm -hmm. in times of difficulty, in times Mm -hmm. of crisis. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. You know, we every year we have a Catholic schools mass, which I love to celebrate because it gathers kids from all of our schools, our grammar schools, Mm -hmm. our high schools, and they come in with the school flag and a beautiful uh, celebration. Uh, But of course, we can't do it this year in person, but we will do it virtually. And uh, uh, on October the 15th, I will send a... A pre uh, pre-taped or videotaped a mass for Catholic schools, and uh, I'm doing it rather than live stream. I'm doing it that way because of the different schedules in mm-hmm. the schools. Right. So you know, if one school wants to show it at nine o'clock, one school wants to show right. it at, before lunch. Once wants to show right. it in the afternoon mm-hmm. before the kids could leave, they can make that determination and show it. And I'll have a message as I always do for. For our kids in Catholic schools,
0: right? So and
2: that raises morale. You know, the kids can cheer important. for their school. Yeah, it's yeah. Important. Well, again, it's all.
0: And I, as I understand it, the kids will not be moving class to class. The teachers will. They're keeping yeah. the kids right. all The children keep their desks in, their desk in, the, in the, the the place. Yes, and that,
1: that, that makes sense. And you know, on the monitor and on our diocesan website here in the Diocese of Trenton, you know, all the guidelines and the requirements are publicly posted mm-hmm. and available mm-hmm. for people. To look at if they want to look at as they go forward and mm-hmm. hopefully we won't see repeated what other country uh, other states have seen where you're open and then close right away hopefully we can keep safe and healthy yeah. right yeah. and that's our that's our prayer and that's what we're all working yeah. toward
0: and the bishop's fall meeting will not happen uh
1: you know, you can see the tears in my eyes. <laughs> I know. I know you love going
0: to those <laughs> things. Can yeah. tell I thought I
1: was happy when the June meeting was canceled, but now I'm really happy. Right. Well, you know, you can't imagine going to a hotel and being in a room with 400 bishops from all over the country coming from all kinds of environments and situations, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, I haven't heard that many of the bishops were affected, some by the COVID, some contracted the COVID, mm-hmm. I haven't heard that. But still, I mean, there, there's the risk of contagion. Mm-hmm. This, You know, they talk about asymptomatic situations right. where people can spread the disease without really showing any symptoms. Right. Of it. I, I, I will tell you, I wouldn't have gone even if it was scheduled.
0: Well, now, also, you're in a, a more vulnerable category because of your diabetes
1: uh, I'm a mess, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> now, the diabetes, and, uh, and here's a word to all of you who have diabetes out there. Be very, very careful. Be attentive mm-hmm. to your, your uh, levels, your sugar levels. And uh, if you're on insulin or other medication, mm-hmm. please be, be attentive to that. Make sure that you do. And be careful. Be mm-hmm. careful when you're out in public. Be careful when you're in, uh, you know, now that restaurants are open again and other venues are going to open again. Be careful when you're for for a long long period of time in a situation like Mm -hmm. that. You know, you just have to be careful. But it's not only for diabetics, uh, but for elderly people or people who have other compromised conditions. Right. You know, we all think we're immortal. Um, uh, hmm. but we're not going to enjoy immortality till we're in heaven, and there's right. only one way to get there. That's <laughs> right, so we don't want to rush it that's yeah. we don't want to <laughs> rush it at this point so we we all really need to be careful, but especially the vulnerable populations yeah. and yeah. we've tried to be be um, uh, attentive to that and to speak about that in the parishes. Of course, as the pastors say, you know, bishop the our weekday masses, are filled with vulnerable people. Right. Those are yeah. the people who come. Right,
2: exactly. They're retired. So we
1: have mm-hmm. to we have to be very conscious and careful. And it's it's not intended as a as any kind of negative uh, approach to those with compromise. It's it's positive. We want to make sure that you stay safe and well and healthy, so that when we resume our full life in our parishes that you mm-hmm. can participate and enjoy mm-hmm. and
0: i'm thinking back fast. to East easter sunday when we were sitting at home two of us by ourselves and we had you know we had easter music playing all day long no, on the radio station right. I, had, I, had, I did the but, same yeah, so, I did too. and i'm thinking now we're not that far away from christmas i mean we're, we're only a few, we a few months from from, morning, from advent Friday and christmas too. and yeah, i'm praying that, that something would change before then that the new yeah. liturgical year would bring a newness and your in, hope, you know. You know? And,
1: and you know, I've gone through my calendar. You know, uh, well, of course, people probably realize this from past broadcasts. You know, my calendar is is hugely filled with activities. You mm-hmm. know, I really try to get around the diocese as much as possible. But I look at my calendar, you know, and I just have a handful of of appointments uh, or uh, uh, appearances or liturgical. Mm-hmm. Mass or liturgical services, you know, one of which will be on nine eleven. Right, you know that that really is almost a holy day for many of the families in the diocese, especially in Middletown and right. Saint Mary Mother of God Parish, which was right. hit very hard mm-hmm. right. with the uh, devastation of uh, of nine eleven. And so, Father Kegley, the pastor, whom who's been on the program, mm-hmm. you know Father very well. Uh, Father has arranged for what he's calling a revival. But it's an in-car mm-hmm. revival. He's oh, a huge God. parking lot there in Paris. The there's parish.
2: creativity, huh? He's
1: creative, creative as can be, and has been throughout this crisis. Right. Uh, but he's going to have an in-car revival September 11th, 12th, and 13th, and on the 11th to start the, this uh, revival, I will go, and it'll be my first public mass that I've said since, uh, well wow. you know, since spring, mm-hmm. uh, since March but i will say a, a mass for uh, for uh, the intention of our nation and for peace and healing in our nation and we'll begin that uh, uh, there at um, uh, at st mary mother of god i forget the time i'll check in no, i was going to ask you what time it would be it will be on know. their website as it'll well it'll be on so their sorry. website sure, and sure. i think yeah. it's i think it's posted in the monitor okay on our website this week let me just check here on my yeah father hand. jeff
0: has always been very we had him on a few week a few months ago and yeah, uh, yeah. very he told creative us <laughs> different initiatives that he had
2: you know to keep the people connected for sure and that's so good for 9 11 and you know that was the difference it, it was a tragedy it was a um, <clears throat> had a huge effect on so many people, much like the pandemic. But the difference that 9-11 people were able to run and flock to the churches. You remember when those oh, things yeah. were happening, the church doors were open and they were packed. You couldn't get near St.
0: Patrick's that day. Yeah. yeah. They said, so, in fact, they have been Mayor Koch, or former mm-hmm. Mayor Koch. said so his first thought when he, he saw what was going on, I have to get down to St. Patrick's. Right. And he's Jewish. He yeah. you was know, yeah. Jewish. Yeah. So. Right.
2: So that's what I'm hoping, like, with this pandemic now that we are trying to come out of it and get back to some sense of normalcy, that people will flock to the churches because yeah. they've been longing for and thirsting for a haven of hope.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They pray for their needs, for healing, for strength, but also they should pray for in thanksgiving
3: mm-hmm. for yes. all the
1: good that was accomplished. And as again, I say, you know, I said masses, live stream masses during the summer uh, for the first responders. I said live stream mass during the summer, and it was— beautifully receive for mm-hmm. uh you know those who are sick. Right. Right. I said a beautiful mass at the mausoleum in Spring Lake. For, mm-hmm. those, parish, that for the, those that we lost to for those that we died. Right. Yeah. And not just from COVID, but for those you know, I asked the parishes to send names in. Yeah. Right. right, right, right and right. many of them sent beautiful names, yeah. beautiful lists of names. Um only a handful maybe who died of covid but others who died during this time when they couldn't have full funeral
3: mm-hmm. exactly. rites and right.
1: celebrations mm-hmm. so i was hoping that would be a comfort and they're having memorial masses now in a lot of the parishes so mm-hmm. so we were able to 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 do but to, you know the church has been there the church wasn't closed although the right. building may have been closed or restricted the church wasn't closed right. mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, the life of prayer, the spiritual life of the diocese, continued and continues. Mm-hmm. So, Jim, I hope that people will respond to our gradual reopening to the point where we can fully reopen and mm-hmm. do all that we do. You ask, would the parishes be doing something special? You know, if if we move, you know, I I have to talk. I have a pandemic task force. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, under the direction of our Vicar General, Monsignor Gavazio, the pastor over at Our Lady of Sorrows in Anthony's. And I've asked them now to look back over the directives mm-hmm. of May 29th, which have been updated a little bit during the summer changes made, but to see what things in those directives we can ease or uh, can uh, change or modify in light of some of the recent findings and some of the recent statements of... Uh, of our government and also and most importantly of a health official, mm-hmm. the health community that has been so very responsive. Right. Uh, if you our, if
0: you feel like the the the, the 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 those who are more nominal in their faith I would imagine are saying, well, wait a minute, I didn't have to go all this time. Why will all of a sudden I have to I have to go again by obligation? Mm-hmm. Speak to those people well, because uh, that's that's their their own yeah, way of rationalizing. Uh, saying, "Well, I don't have to go back anymore." Well,
1: you use the word; there. it's a rationalization of their behavior.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Of you know, some people have laziness; uh, they'd rather do anything than go to church. Um, you know, I, how can you change hearts? You can only invite them. You know, God loves them. God is present in our churches. God's present in our community, but in a special way through the Blessed Sacrament, through the Holy Eucharist in our churches. God's waiting for them uh, to return and to take advantage. And if you haven't learned during this pandemic how dependent you are on Almighty God,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: hopefully you'll think about that. Um, but in terms of whether pe- or not people will go, well, I didn't. I haven't gone, and nothing happened. Lightning didn't strike. Right. <laughs> no, well, that's nonsense talk, you know. Yeah, it's an excuse. Y- it? You know, God asks so little of us. Mm. You know, you mean we can't give him forty minutes or an hour once a week right. to hear His Word, mm. to hear His Word explained, to celebrate a common faith with those around us, and to receive Him in the in the Holy Eucharist in the sacraments. I don't get it. No. I just don't get it. So, you know, some people, no matter what you say, won't change them. Mm-hmm. It's like dealing with some pro-choice people. You know, no matter what you say, right. it's not going to change them. Right. Uh, but for those whose hearts are open, whose minds are open, you know, we keep preaching the message, we keep inviting, yeah. and we keep asking people to uh, to follow what the church asks yeah. of them. Yeah, it's, yeah.
0: And so I know, and of course, the parish musicians and choir directors are... Anxious to get back to what they do, you know. Rightly
1: so. And they do such a great job throughout the year in making our Mass beautiful and uh, making our. What is it? Who prays, who sings well, prays twice. Yes. And so. uh, when we're allowed to start singing again, more <laughs> after this pandemic, I was saying
0: I uh, what I've been doing is I've been going up on Saturday evening to sh- to uh, the parish up and with, where Cheryl works, uh, and uh, you know you have to wear the mask. And I said as a, as a singer, you know you you know when to take the breaths and. Yeah, <laughs> the that's right. you half your mask.
1: fabric. <laughs> you, you folks are professionals, you know. <laughs> like, like the rest like of it. So. Almost
0: swallow the mask during the holy holy. I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, this is uh, this is a great time. Our holy father, you know, five years ago issued an encyclical letter, Laudato Si, on Mm. the care of our common Mm home, the care of the earth creation. And, you know, sometimes people have lots of disagreements about this whole issue of climate change Mm. and all that, but I don't think anybody can disagree that we're all obliged to be responsible for the gifts of creation that God gave us.
0: Catechism says so. (laughs) Catechism says it,
1: and much more. You know, we we know that from our long tradition Mm -hmm. in the Church. So the Holy Father has declared this month— Uh, a season of creation, a jubilee of the earth. So it started on September 1st, and it continues to October 4th, the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Father is using this time for his catechesis and his teaching. He's resumed his Wednesday audiences in the square. Oh, he yeah. has. Yeah,
0: I saw... P- people are allowed in the square? Uh, they're allowed
1: in the square. And of course, the numbers... Time to go back. The, num- <laughs> the numbers are not as as large as they were, yes. but there are people there I saw uh-huh. today oh, on the Vatican News. Great. So, uh, the Pope, on May 24th of this year, he said uh, he declared this season to mm-hmm. be mindful of that. And that's. I think that's something easy for us to be mindful on keeping our prayers. Mm-hmm. Again, our rosary. Yes. Pray for the good of the earth. This coming weekend, you know, Labor Day weekend, uh, is the traditional annual collection for the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C.
2: Of which you have a special connection. Well, I've
1: heard of it before. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is a commitment made by the bishops when the university was just founded. Mm-hmm. People ask, oh, well, my kids don't go there. Why do I have to contribute? This is a unique gift to the church, this place mm-hmm. uh, for research, for education, for furthering our, uh, our Catholic uh, identity in, in very real ways. The Diocese of Trenton has always been very generous, certainly in these last 10 years. They've been particularly mindful of it, I guess, because I'm around.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I survived. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and also, we have lots and lots of students there, I mean, mm-hmm. about 200 undergraduates there, and they, I understand that the freshmen went back to campus. Mm. So it, it's a commitment the bishops made because Pope Leo XIII, in establishing Catholic U, asked the bishops to take responsibility mm-hmm. for it. So this is just a fulfillment of uh, of a decision and a commitment made in 19, 1887 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and reaffirmed when the collection was started in 1903. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you can, be generous. The following week, you know, you, yeah, you know this— you know the year is back and running when we start with these second <laughs> right. collections, right? <laughs> and people have been most generous, I have must they? tell you, good. this summer good. to their churches. You good. Know, not We're not at the same levels as we were, but right. people have taken every cha- every opportunity they had to support their parishes, which I thank them for and mm. encouraged them certainly to, to continue. We had a coronavirus relief uh, effort in the diocese. Mm. We got about $61,000, 62000 mm, uh, for the parishes, you know, and— One parish in particular, uh, St. Justin's in Times River, gave $21,000. Wow, wow. So thanks to the parishioners there, Father Mark Kreider, for his leadership. Great job. Next weekend, 12th and 13th, the postponed collection from Good Friday. You know, Good Friday, we have the collection for the whole custody of the Holy Land. Mm -hmm. So that will be taken up in many of the parishes. Mm-hmm. September 20th, I'm going through the calendar here because I haven't done this for a while. Yeah. I'm happy to have things on the calendar, <laughs> right? September 20th is Catechetical Sunday, mm-hmm. and that's the day we celebrate and commission our catechists who do such a wonderful job. And this year we'll have to be very creative as we map out our strategies for religious education in right. our mm-hmm. parishes. Right. And I'll, I'll post a message on the on the Monitor website about that. September 27th is the World Day of Migrants and Refugees. Mm-hmm. And Pope, this is something very close to the heart of our Holy Father. And the Pope's message, a link to the Pope's message, will be posted and so on. And mm-hmm. uh, as I said earlier, the Catholic Schools Mass, October 15th. Mm-hmm. World Mission Sunday will be October the 18th, but um, we have time for that in our next broadcast. That's on, right, that's our right, our October, October, October program. And, uh, again, um, our 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 precautions for of May 29th our directives are still in effect the is laiciz- or the the uh, <laughs> dispensation i got a lot of stuff on my brain folks <laughs> uh, or my little brain <laughs> but uh, the dispensation will continue until further notice but mm-hmm. that will come to an end that's mm-hmm. not a forever thing right mm-hmm. um so that's uh, good as know. i said you know the we're going to finish up with last year's season of confirmation and RCI sacraments, the pastors are going to do that. And We have a lot of Catholics in waiting, I would imagine. We have then. Catholics <laughs> in waiting. I love and them. They, oh. Stay stay there. You don't have to wait long. So patient. They are wonderful. You can
2: still pull out that Easter dress that you I were going to wear. Re, I remember,
1: you know, the rite of election, you know, uh-huh. and yeah. seeing all these beautiful faces and all these excited people. And, then, uh, and they've we, had to wait. They've had to postpone. But, you know, right. what— What's good is worth waiting for. Absolutely. We're
2: finally going to have our mini Easter vigil at the end of September. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's something to look forward to. We too, we have a couple of weeks where everything's happening, the confirmations, the communions, and then the RCIA coming into the the church. Yeah,
1: it's great. And and, uh, I've asked the pastors to have all of that from last year, all the postponed things, completed before the first Sunday of Advent. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll start the new season of confirmations with, along with some of the vicars, in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I have four scheduled in the
3: mm-hmm.
1: in the fall, which is yeah. much lower than usual. You know, m- many of the pastors have asked, and directors of religious education have asked that the confirmations be pushed back to the spring. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I'll be, uh, you won't know, see a lot of me in the spring. I'll be yeah, driving. Busy. I'll be on yeah. two ninety five. confirmation tour. <laughs> all of this. Uh, you know, so much so, Father Mike Hall, you know, who's the Director of Worship, and Carolyn Norbit, uh, who works with him in the office there as his associate, uh, told me that, that we may run out of chrism. You know, remember I had the, oh, I had right. the chrism mass on right. Pentecost Sunday right, right, right. and consecrated the chrism and blessed the holy oils, but because of the way that we have to administer the sacrament, you know, using cotton balls rather than our thumbs
2: mm. or
1: Q-tips, mm. You know, there's a strain on the available chrism, so I may have to do a second. Another wow, mass at some see, point.
2: See, we, we have no idea behind the scenes no. how it's there's always the stuff going <laughs> on. <laughs> that's yeah. for sure.
1: You know, good news. You know, we we sent our 12 seminarians back to um, back to St. Charles or to Mount Saint Mary's mm-hmm. okay. to begin their year. Some some way, shape, or form of instruction that they're going to receive, and of course the formation which is ongoing. I'm delighted. To that, And we have uh, three new seminarians, so we oh, have 12 wonderful. veterans and three new seminarians uh, going back. This year we'll have two ordinations, uh, one priesthood ordination and one de- uh, transitional diaconate ordination. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I know Father Jason Bozinski, the vocation director, mm-hmm. is working very hard. I know he's been seeing, even with the pandemic, has been seeing young men who have an interest in the priesthood and Great. talking to him about it. And So anyone who's listening— please encourage vocations to the priesthood and also to religious life mm. for those women who have a special calling to religious life. Mm-hmm. The Chancery, we're going we're gonna to open in a quasi-normal fashion. Uh, of course, we we have everything plexiglass. We have staggered hours. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday schedule for staffs. But we, we're trying to have someone present in each office of the Chancery. Good so that they can respond to phone calls and all of that, and right. um, to make sure that uh, uh, that you can get into the Chancery if you if you need to come and make an appointment. Just call the mm-hmm. offices and mm-hmm. let them know, uh, and so on and so forth. We will continue with our child protection efforts. The diocese will be audited again this year by the Bishop's Conference Auditor, mm-hmm. Stonebridge and Associates, who will be visiting us. Uh, in mid-September, and we'll be conducting a, uh, site visits of some parishes mm-hmm. just to make sure our protocols are a place. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is something that, of course, we always, we always keep very much in mind. Mm-hmm. And the monitor on our website for stuff that I've forgotten, which is not <laughs> surprising given my <laughs> adva- steadily advancing age. It's all uh, there. Everything is there, and we try to keep, uh, keep our folks posted about uh, events in the diocese. But again, to everyone, I'm so grateful... You know, you've been in my prayers. You know, I, I know people say that. And I don't know if you realize how serious that's a commitment that mm-hmm. I make. If someone asks me to pray for someone, I do. Mm. I do. You know, I say the rosary every day. Of course, the office, which priests are uh, obliged to, joyfully obliged to, I would say. You know, it's a beautiful prayer. Holy Mass. Mm. You know, m- most of the time this summer, I celebrate a Mass alone. It was me and the angels. <laughs> and... Uh, and people's intentions who have asked me for special prayers yeah. are always remembered. And something I take very, very seriously. And I prayed for the whole diocese, for all its priests, its deacons, its religious, uh, the seminarians, the lay faithful, every single day as I continue to do and remember us all in this diocese in, in my masses every day.
2: What would you say, Bishop, would be the hardest, either for you. We your... have like 30 seconds. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> then maybe he should leave. Like... Save <laughs> that for next month. Next I'll save month.
0: that for next time. To... Oh, okay. Right at the end. But Bishop, thanks so much for being with us today.
1: Oh, um, maybe give
2: us your blessing. Sure.
1: May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come upon you all and remain with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Happy
0: Labor Day. And we'll see thanks you next you. month. God, God bless you. God.